0: This is uh, Patient Theory 2, Unit 12, Part 1, Abdominal Assessment. <laughs> are you all set? You guys are ready? You guys are ready? Need like the dome of silence for that table. So the rest of us aren't distracted. Okay. Uh, so abdominal assessment. Um, someone leave a pill here? Yeah, it's an ibuprofen pill it's Very oh. close. Interesting. Hi. I know, people are leaving their meds here. Anyway, um so abdominal pain. Uh, why should we assess the abdomen? A lot of stuff going on there. There's a lot of stuff going on there. Oh, we gonna answer the question? Okay. Yeah, lots of important stuff there, yeah. Yeah. It's a good thesis. Um, Any other reason besides there being a lot of stuff there? Thoughts? Just throw them out there. Yeah, it's a great place for blood loss. There's a lot of space in there. Yeah. So uh, you can easily exsanguinate from a vascular catastrophe in there. I know exsanguinate is such a great name, eh? Exsanguinate. Did I tell you about my buddy, my, my non-medical buddy who loves the term paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea? Are you sure it's not you? No, it's not me. You've got to meet Jeff. Jeff actually teaches here. He uh, teaches in the, science or the university political science and police foundations thing. He's a very, very funny guy. I went to college with him. But uh, I speak to him like every five years. And the first thing out of his mouth is, Rob, have you recently experienced any paroxysmal nocturnal dyspnea? I don't know why it's this thing, but uh, anywho, um, so there's lots of space in there. You could exsanguinate. There's lots of organs. Uh, it's it's a little bit complicated to uh, to assess because there's so many um, innervations of the nerves of different uh, organs within the abdominal cavity that uh, it's sometimes difficult to pinpoint what's injured or what's damaged or what's affected because you get radiating pain, you get abdominal pain with shoulder pain, and um, there are some classic and some non-classic symptoms. But I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to break this down for you um, so that you can at least recognize the major life threats involving the abdomen that may not appear uh, obvious at first. And, um, uh, but first and foremost, uh, like any body system, when you're assessing the abdomen, we typically look first, uh, so inspect. Um, with the chest, we inspect, we auscultate, we palpate in that order. With the abdomen, we inspect, and we don't auscultate, we palpate. So inspect and palpate. The reason we don't auscultate the abdomen is because um, it's not that there isn't valuable information to be gleaned from auscultation the abdomen, but um, if, if, for example, you wanted to Auscultate to see if there was absent bowel sounds, which would be significant. You'd have to auscultate for a good 20 minutes, and we don't have the luxury of that kind of time on scene. So so inspect, palpate. And um, when you're palpating, the trick is to to palpate and not just ask the patient if it's tender, but look at their facial expression as well uh, to see if they grimace or anything. So in terms of anatomy, We've got the GI system, uh, includes the esophagus, the stomach, the small large intestines, and they work with the pancreas and the liver and the gallbladder to convert nutrients uh, from food into energy. And, uh, and then we excrete uh, water and, and waste. Um, have you covered GI and abdomen and patho yet? You, you did anatomy, but not patho yet? Okay, timing's almost there, eh? So close. But it's good, like if I cover it first, you get a little bit of an intro. If they cover it first, then you're good for here, and yeah, it all works out in the end. There's, I can tell you there's no other program in the college that's time coordinated the way we time coordinate. Took some time to do that, but um, sorry. What's going on here? Okay. so. Um, you can divide the abdomen into uh, a number of different sections, but this four-quadrant system is probably the most common. And I won't go into this in detail, but you should take a look at the slide and just sort of read over, familiarize yourself with what organs are located in what quadrant. So for example, the right upper quadrant, which is where your liver is located, there's a the diaphragm, there's a the liver, the gallbladder, the kidneys, you know, one kidney here on the flank. Um, and uh, the ascending colon, and the small intestine the left upper quadrant has the spleen and uh, just remember I think we talked about this in trauma last semester but remembering kids their liver on the right side and spleen on the left side is uh, is a little below the ribs more so than in the adults so they're exposed and those are solid organs and when they're injured they bleed and they can uh, exsanguinate we don't like exsanguinating patients So any adult or child with trauma who's got right upper quadrant tenderness or left upper quadrant tenderness, that's a life threat until proven otherwise, right? So we think liver, we think spleen. And uh, you don't want to break those organs and exsanguinate. You don't want them to exsanguinate on you and then for it to go to coroner's inquest and then civil court and litigation and everything else and find out that you were an hour and a half on scene for no reason whatsoever because there was no extrication. That would be really bad for your resume. Okay, right lower quadrant, uh, uh, appendix, large ascending colon, ovary, uterus, uh, ovary, ex- only in women though. Um, bladder, small intestines, I didn't need to tell you that but I just thought I'd throw that in there. Um, left lower quadrant, descending colon, ovary, um, uterus bladder small intestine this is another way of dividing up the the abdomen and um, um, there's <sighs> the, the only reason I added this is for the umbilical region so if you have um, someone who has peri umbilical pain we think about certain things that are peri umbilical so around the, the umbilicus. like for example uh, an abdominal aortic aneurysm they typically present with uh, peri umbilical pain so if I hear about periumbilical pain, I might be thinking hernia, or I might be thinking of AAA, abdominal aortic and that's AAA would be a life threat. That'd be serious. Now, um, I've never ever heard anyone use terminology like right hypochondriac and left hypochondriac. But epigastric is another term that gets bounced around. Right and left lumbar, we usually lum, uh, lumbar rather. We usually refer to those as the left flank, and the right flank. So when you get kidney stones, you typically have flank pain, which is the side, right? it's exquisite pain they say it's worse than delivering a baby this is not from men because men are uh not permitted to say anything about um, labor and delivery but this is from women who've said that it's worse than labor so just putting it out there just letting you know um so again uh the flanks the peri umbilical area the umbilical area um, So, uh, anatomy of the abdominal vessels. Uh, what we're most interested in, in particular here, is uh, the aorta. And sorry if that diaphragm looks like pubic hair <laughs> on that drawing. But... Uh, um, it, it looks like some kid drew this at Jack Astor's or something, you know, <laughs> with crayons. <laughs> I think I got to go with Jack Astors now. Suddenly thinking about their food. Okay, so um, the descending order runs through the abdomen, and the hepatic artery branches off and supplies the liver, and uh, then the mesenteric arteries branch off and supply the stomach and the intestines. The mesenteric vessels are interesting. Remember, we talked about uh, trauma in obstetrical patients, and my biggest fear in a you know, a woman who's in third trimester who's involved in a collision, even a slow speed collision, is the, the gravid uterus, when it propels forward and goes back, you can get tearing of mesenteric vessels, and these moms can exsanguinate. And I've watched two moms exsanguinate right in front of me, uh, awake and talking, and bled to death. One was in a car crash. She was traveling 60 kilometers an hour with the airbag deployed, and uh, she tore her mes- mesenteric vessels and bled to death. So uh, what's the take-home message? Um, you got someone who's third trimester pregnant even low speed collision get them the hell out of there get them to hospital as quickly as possible they don't meet the trauma triage criteria the other uh, um, area that you should uh, I should draw your attention to is the aorta here so this is typically where abdominal aortic aneurysms happen just above where the aorta bifurcates into the the uh, iliac arteries and if you get uh, Is that someone leaving here, or someone just stepping in? Check out the class. Doesn't matter. I just thought. Uh, I think I'm going to come to triple A's in a second. But if you get um, someone with an abdominal aortic aneurysm, um, sometimes it it you get a a tear in the intimal layer and blood dissects between the tunica intima and the tunica media, and sometimes it dissects into one of the iliac arteries, and so you'll get diminished circulation in one league So one leg. So if you get someone with periumbilical pain and they, s- they appear to have a, a pulsatile mass, like a big uh, aneurysm in their aorta, uh, check for color cap refill and pulses in both feet to see if there's um, diminished blood flow to one of the legs because you can get aortic dissection down in the iliac artery, one of the iliac arteries. Uh, I think we're going to come to that in a minute, but so let's talk about visceral versus somatic pain. So, um, visceral pain is stimulated by distention, inflammation, or ischemia. Uh, there are stretch receptors in the walls and the capsules of hollow organs and solid organs, and uh, typically visceral pain is uh, dull, achy, crampy, gassy, um, maybe epigastric or periumbilical or suprapubic. Uh, it tends to come and go, so visceral pain comes and goes. Comes and goes, pain can be a terrible thing, but it's not typically life-threatening. So it comes and goes kind of pain is not typically life-threatening. It can present with nausea, with vomiting, with diaphoresis and tachycardia. Um, somatic pain, on the other hand, uh, also known as parietal pain, um, tends to be constant and localized, constant and localized and uh, tends to be knife-like, with increased pain on movements, uh, presents with guarding, meaning they, they position themselves to reduce that pain. They may position themselves in a fetal position, um, uh, or, or on their back with their legs up, usually caused by bacterial or chemical irritation of the nerves. Referred pain, so pain uh, that's, refers to pain that's located nowhere near the affected organ. This is why we ask about um, you know, I understand you're having some pain and you're up here. Are you having any pain anywhere else? Or does the pain go anywhere? And they say, yes, it's in my left sh- shoulder as well. Hmm. Um, anyone ever had uh, gallstones, gallstone issues? Have you? Um, did you get pain up here, right upper ground? Did you get pain anywhere else? Uh, I was pregnant at the time, so I thought uh. Oh, you thought it was labor. <laughs> did you have pain in your shoulder, or your neck, or your chest at all? Do you recall? Right across there, okay. Yeah, some people with um, gallstones get pain up in their chest and their neck, their jaw, like it's almost cardiac-like, or their arm. Um, So uh, a ruptured spleen, for example, typically causes left shoulder pain. That's referred to as Kerr's sign. So whenever you hear Kerr's sign, think uh, left shoulder pain. Um, uh, Back pain is also very common in patients with AAAs. So they have a abdominal aortic aneurysm or dissecting aneurysm, they get back pain. And uh, blah, 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 leave that. Um, So let's talk about the O P Q S T and as it relates to to abdo pain. Uh, I'll talk about sort of the key things to focus in on. So we wanna know uh, when it starts, uh, what we're doing at the time. Uh, Sudden and severe is always bad I'll come to this in a second, but anytime you've got an abdo pain, which is described as sudden, severe, constant, that's usually uh, serious, potentially life-threatening, potentially a a surgical candidate until proven otherwise. Sudden, severe, constant, get my eye on you, is bad, right? So consistent with a vascular catastrophe, passage of a urethral or gallbladder stone, torsion of the testes, uh, or ovaries, rupture of a hollow viscous, ovarian cyst or ectopic pregnancy. As you know, ectopic pregnancy can be life-threatening. Um, slower onset is more typical of an inflammatory process, like an appendicitis or cholecystitis. Cholecystitis is uh, uh, inflammation of the gallbladder. Uh, what provokes or palliates? So what, make, what makes it worse? What makes it better? Um, pain provoked or aggravated by movements such as hitting bumps in the road. This is classic. It's actually described in a medical dictionary Um, Patients who have exacerbated pain from the potholes in the road, that's a classic pancreatitis. Pancreatitis is very serious, but not typically uh, life-threatening, immediately life-threatening. Eating sometimes uh, relieves ulcerative pain. Eating exacerbates cholecystitic and uh, biliary colic. Anyone with um, gallstones or a fatty liver, you know the the one thing that will exacerbate it will be like a big tub of ice cream or a a cheesy pizza, uh, anything really fatty. Um, Pancreatitis, these patients often uh, assume a a fetal position on the stretcher to relieve the pain. And um, um, renal colic, people get really restless. The pain is so excruciating, they get very restless. And um, for those patients, Toradol works really well. This is one of the the NSAIDs that you're going to administer. Toradol works really well, and um, even um, you know Tylenol and Toradol, if that's in your directive to give, do those. The so quality of the pain. So we want to know, you know, what does it feel like? Is it dull? Is it achy, Is it crampy? We try to get the patient to use their own words, and those are typically visceral. If it's sharp, stabbing, more likely to be somatic. If it's severe and tearing, it's that's classic of um, dissecting abdominal aortic aneurysm. Um, the radi- radiation or the, well, first of all we are in the region, where is it, and, and uh, does it go anywhere? Uh, location of pain can vary with time. So um, you know, classic appendicitis um, usually starts with periambilical pain that migrates midway between the appendix and the, the umbilicus. They call it McBurney's point. And then eventually migrates down to the right lower quadrant Uh, epigastric pain um, localized to the right upper quadrant for several hours is typical of cholecystitis Uh, what else severity so how bad is the pain on a 10 scale of course and uh, gives you a baseline for treatments if you're treating um, uh, kidney stones for example with uh, with toradol and uh, uh, pain that increases over time usually suggests a surgical condition. So the three biggies sudden, constant, severe, and now we got another one that increases uh, in severity over time. Just no control. It's just a crazy situation. No. I would tell you, but. No, no. <laughs> no, there's no situations in my class are Only situations outside the class. Okay, uh, severe epigastric or mid-abdominal pain out of proportion with the physical signs is classic of mer- mesenteric ischemia or pancreatitis. Uh, timing. So, is it constant or does it come and go? Again, um, constant would be visceral or pariet- or visceral or uh, somatic. 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 Yeah. Good. Crampy pain that comes and goes, generally associated with obstruction of a viscous or a, t- a tube, an area where peristalsis takes place. Constant pain, um, has a worse diagnostic outcome. Again, severe, sudden, constant, those are the key things. Uh, nausea and vomiting, what about nausea and vomiting? So anytime you've got someone with abdominal pain, we, ask, we have to ask about pooping, peeing, anything else nausea vomiting uh, menstruation menstruation, yeah or vaginal discharge yeah so we have to think about all the orifices make sure you hit all the orifices that's the key really right so pooping, peeing uh, nausea vomiting diarrhea um, vaginal discharge etc so nausea vomiting is typically a visceral disorder. Excessive vomiting query bowel obstruction or pancreatitis. Uh, if, uh, if they're vomiting fecal matter, I think you know what's going on. They've got a bowel obstruction and it's just not going the other direction. Uh, lack of vomiting is uh, common in uh, uterine and in ovarian disorders. Uh, uh, pain presents before vomiting is more serious than pain after the vomiting. Another little trick to keep up your sleeve, right? So pain present before the vomiting. In other words, the vomiting came as a result of the pain. It's usually usually bad. So vomiting preceding abdominal pain, usually gastroenteritis or other non-surgical conditions. Um, urgency to defecate uh, may be a fight or flight response to someone who's having an acute myocardial infarction. Uh, maybe an intraabdominal bleed, maybe uh, inflammation, um, irritation of the uh, rectosigmoid area, maybe ectopic pregnancy, maybe abdominal aneurysm, retroperitoneal hematoma, omental vessel hemorrhage, or MI. Right. If you ever get someone with chest pain who says they have to have a bowel movement, it's not good, not good because that's a fight or flight response to evacuate your bladder and your bowel. And um, if you get someone's who needs to have a bowel movement urgently, you're better to get them on the stretcher and have them poop on the stretcher than go into the toilet at Tim Hortons and die on the toilet, right? So if um, if they have to go to the toilet and they're just walking away from you, um, you're not gonna tackle them and hold them down. but you're going to follow them into the bathroom and keep that door open you're going to stand there with them man or woman doesn't matter Um, you're going to stand there with that door open because good chance if they're sweaty and they're pale and they have an urgency to defecate and they're having chest pain it's usually a very bad sign yeah get ready to catch them exactly um anorexia what does anorexia mean not Anorexia nervosa, but lack of appetite, yeah, anorexia. Yeah, they say water is the great anor- um, anorexic. If you want to lose weight, drink a lot of water. They call water an anorexic because it fills you up and you lose more weight. But anorexia means loss of appetite. So that can happen as a result of intraabdominal inflammation, common in appendicitis, changes in bowel habits, so diarrhea and vomiting is almost always associated with a gastroenteritis of some sort. Um, diarrhea can occur in a number of conditions, including uh, pancreatitis, diverticulitis, uh, <coughs> occasionally appendicitis. A bloody stool indicates a GI bleed. Right? Um, constipation or difficulty passing stool or gas can be uh, from an ileus or bowel obstruction. Ileus means um, impairment in peristalsis, and. Uh, uh, if you ever work uh, air ambulance, you'll find a lot of patients get uh, oral gastric and nasal gastric tubes in place because um, the patients that get flown by air are often critically injured or critically ill. And uh, as a result of their critical illness or injury, they, they uh, develop an ileus. So if you have um, anything sufficiently life-threatening to cause a fight or flight response, we'll divert blood away from the GI tract to the vital organs, right? And when you divert blood away from the GI, you get an ileus. So you get an impairment in peristalsis and air accumulates in there and they can vomit and that's a problem so we get oral gastric tube and nasal gastric tube in place. Um, uh, dysuria, which is uh, difficulty peeing, urgency and frequency are su- typically suggestive of UTIs or urinary tracts infections. Uh, salpingitis is uh, inflammation of fallopian tubes, diverticulitis, so I've got an image there. It's a, those are pouch-like bulges or pockets in the wall of the intestine, uh, mostly the colon. Which become infected, or appendicitis uh, as well it can give you genital, genital urinary symptoms, um, hematuria. So blood in the urine uh, suggests a urinary tract infection, but can also indicate renal colic or prostatitis, or cystitis. Um, and sometimes uh, you'll get abdominal pain, which is uh, has nothing to do with the abdominal organs. It, they call it. Uh, um, extra abdominal symptoms. So uh, a myocardial infarction can present with GI upset, uh, pneumonia as well, and pulmonary embolus as well can present with abdominal discomfort. Um, medical history that's important, um, so any prior abdominal surgeries we want to ask about scars, we want to ask them if they've ever had surgeries before. Um, people who've had major GI surgery, most of the um, surgeries are done with just two three incisions and using fiber optics but uh, some people have to have uh, their abdomen open right away and the minute you put your hands into someone's uh, abdomen and start playing with their GI tract uh, and then put it all back in uh, you get something called adhesion so sections of the GI tract sticking to to other sections of the GI tract, and those adhesions. Um, my one of my sisters had some intra-abdominal uh, surgery years ago, and she has adhesions, and it's just very painful. They just stick together, and your GI tract is always moving, right? Like peristaltically moving food through, and uh, when you get, and the 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 GI should be able to slide uh, against you know other parts of the GI tract, but if you've got adhesions. Uh, it's it can be very, very painful. So we want to find out if they've had previous surgeries, uh, and that'll help eliminate certain diagnosis. says so if they got right lower quadrant pain, but they've had their appendix removed, they probably don't have appendicitis. Now you can get gallstones if you've had gallstones before, you can get kidney stones if you've had kidney stones before, but um, certain things, right? Uh, certain things that predispose to abdominal uh, issues include diabetes, heart disease, lung, Lung disease, liver disease, hypertension, renal disease, increased risk of abdominal disorders. Hypertension is associated with abdominal aortic aneurysm. Atrial fib is associated with emboli in the mesoteric vessels. It can lead to infarctions as a part of the GI tract, and that can lead to an ileus or bowel obstruction. Medications can cause GI problems. So, steroids. Um, will alter the response to certain pathologies, uh, can diminish pain response, so someone can have something um, serious going on. Uh, they, they may be afebrile um, because they're on corticosteroids, so anytime you encounter a patient who's generally unwell and they're on corticosteroids, Uh, Be careful not to dismiss something that could be potentially life-threatening. Opioids um, can cause constipation and bowel obstruction and typically we see that, not in patients who take opioids all the time, but more typically a patient who's like two days, three days, four days post-operative, they've just come home from surgery and they've been prescribed opioids for the first time and you get there because they're having really bad abdominal pain and they haven't taken a crap in four days, that's probably a bowel obstruction from the opioids. Right. Um, antibiotics can cause GI discomfort, diarrhea, especially erythromycin and tetracycline, laxatives uh, narcotic psychotropics medications that can all alter GI motility um, causing constipation. ASA or NSAIDs can cause uh, gastritis, peptic ulcers, GI bleeding. We don't see that nearly as much as before. I would say 10-15 years ago we saw older people on NSAIDs for arthritis who would uh, have GI bleeds and exsanguinate on us. Any other questions about abdominal assessment? Yeah. So we are in triple A? I thought you were gonna say something like, can we leave now or? <laughs> <laughs> For AAA, yes. I'm excited now that you have a legitimate question. So for AAA, I don't, I can't. Uh, is it a hundred percent sensitivity that they will have a decrease pulse in that limb, or is it dependent on whether yeah. it goes into the iliac? It, yeah, it depends on whether it goes into the iliac. So definitely not a hundred percent specificity, but it would certainly raise your. Um, um, it, it would be pretty compelling evidence that you're, if you had signs and symptoms consistent with the AAA plus you had one limb that was poorly perfused, it would certainly raise, it would be additional evidence, it would really raise your suspicion that that's what you're dealing with. But not, everybody not everybody dissects down in their iliac artery, yep. And they, they might dissect bilaterally, but uh, yeah, you wanna check the limbs. So any AAA, check the limbs for mobility, sensation, cap refill, pulses, yep. Any other really great legitimate questions? It's really bright in here, isn't it? Like my <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, unlike your future, but uh, okay. <laughs> oh. Ouch. <laughs> All right.